Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clean. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729-811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Welcome, everyone, to episode 230 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Taporic, and today we are going to give you a 2019 NBA Finals preview. We're going to say bye, Felicia, to the Milwaukee Bucks, and we're going to break down the all-NBA teams and the implications, especially with Supermaxes for uh, Kemba Walker, Bradley Beal, and Klay Thompson. Before we get to all that, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. In our, Twitter, or in our bio, you can find our Twitter handles, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? Well, Brian, I was pretty much wrong in having all that confidence about Milwaukee and how they shouldn't worry after it being <laughs> 2-2. So, yep. Yeah. I... I wish I had a single shred of a backbone because heading into the playoffs, I picked Raptors over Bucks, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I immediately pivoted away from that after the Sixers series because I just had, I was shaken by how bad their bench looked against the Sixers. Like Fred Van Vliet being completely useless, Norman Powell barely playing at all. I just wasn't sure way they were going to get that supporting cast and then uh turns out fred van vliet just needed to have a kid and he turned into bobby gibson yeah it was nice um so yeah let's let's start with the finals preview and we can start by congratulating toronto raptors fans for their first ever finals appearance honestly i i'm still super bitter about the four bounce shot and i will be for a long time but you guys (laughs) deserve it uh you know you guys have taken a lot of crap over the years, especially with LeBron James just every year destroying you. So I am genuinely, I hate you all, but I am genuinely happy for you and, you know, wish you nothing but the best over these next couple of weeks. Um, more, I think there, there are a couple of big questions heading into the finals. The first is Kevin Durant and DeMarcus Cousins. Mm-hmm. We still don't know when they're coming back. Uh, the Warriors released an injury update the other day. That said, Durant continues to make good progress, but at this point, it is unlikely that he will play at the beginning of the finals. It is hopeful that he could return at some point during the series. They said Cousins also continues to make good progress. He practiced with the team for the first time since he suffered the injury in mid-April. It is anticipated that he will play at some point during the finals, but the exact date is to be determined and depends on his progress. So I think this is... Just because of those injuries, it is so hard for me to prognosticate how long this series is going to go yeah. and who would win this series. Like, if it, if the Warriors were coming into the series fully healthy, I would have 
no problem picking them probably in six. But because I don't know if or when these guys are playing, I I don't know what to even... It's hard to... I feel like we're going to see two different series depending on when these guys come back. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's very, very accurate. So... I mean, what speaks in favor of Golden State, right, is the fact that these guys, you know, Steph, Clay, and Draymond, and Iggy, and Sean Livingston, and, you know, Andrew Bogut, who's, I don't know, he's, is he out? Bogut? No, he's, no, he's in. He's just he's not in, playing right? much. He's just yeah. not playing much. All right. But yeah. those guys know each other. They have this ESP, right? And they understand what, uh, you know, the, the, this system that they have amongst themselves, like, how do they cut, how they move, off ball, on ball, all this stuff. So I, I think they kind of revert back to, you know, the 2015-type uh, Warriors, you know, who were very, very dominant in their own right. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, in, in our opinion as well, you, you you and I had talked about it, they're better with Kevin Durant because it's Kevin Durant. Uh, right. So So obviously that's a huge boost. But I think they can on some level get by just by having that old chemistry going and 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 also like Draymond certainly looks like old Draymond came out Mm -hmm. of nowhere so I don't know I'm I'm not that skeptical you're not that skeptical of the Warriors even if Durant and Cousins are out you still think they're they're comfortable favorites in this series well maybe not comfortable favorites because Kawhi Leonard exists (laughs) right right but I, I do consider them favorites yeah yeah, and Vegas agrees with you. I think they're actually favored on the road in Game 1. I think they opened as a one-point favorite, moved up to 1.5 immediately. They are heavily favored. I think it was like a minus 320 to win the series. Um, so Vegas is spot on and believing the Warriors should be favored. And that, you know they're obviously factoring in the uncertainty with Durant and Cousins. I, I almost think, like, I can't tell if I am outsmarting myself or if everyone else is outsmarting themselves by not giving the the Raptors more credit here. Agreed. Because they played a really tough team in the Bucks. I mean, we thought the the Bucks were the best regular season team this season. Mm-hmm. We thought they were a legit finals contender and they were. You yeah. just you played two really tough teams together and one's inevitably going to lose. I think you know, there's the perception always hanging over the Raptors that Oh, it's the playoffs. They're going to choke inevitably. The pressure is going to get to them. But having Kawhi Leonard there has just been such a culture changer in that regard that they can withstand these high pressure moments where they otherwise would have folded. Like when they're down, I think they were down double digits in the third quarter of game six last night. The old Raptors, the Raptors of last year would have gotten blown out by 20 at that point. Mm Mm-hmm. But Kawhi went into takeover mode, uh, cut the lead to five going into the fourth quarter, and you could suddenly feel the momentum swinging like, "Uh uh-oh, now it's a game again, and Kawhi is starting to catch fire. I think having him, knowing what he's done against the Warriors in the past, I mean, it was only two years ago in the Western Conference Finals at Spurs-Warriors, and the Spurs are up 20 thanks to Kawhi, and then Zaza steps on his foot and everything changes. But... I don't think the Raptors are going to be afraid of the Warriors. I think, you know, I, I was thinking about this earlier today. Kawhi and Danny Green were both on the Spurs. They played the Warriors a bunch. Marc Gasol coming from the West at the Grizzlies. He's played the Warriors before. 
Yep. Serge Ibaka with OKC. He's been a really, you know, he was up 3-1 on the Warriors. He's yep. been there before. Or was he? Actually, he wasn't on that team, was he? No, he was still. They yeah, traded was, him after. That was in 16, right? Yeah, they traded yeah. him after the yeah, season, yeah. right? That was after yeah. the season. Yeah. So all of these, I mean, it, it's not the same old Raptors, the whole point. It's like the a lot of their main pieces have played against the Warriors in the playoffs before. Right. I don't think they're going to be scared or crumble mentally where they otherwise would have. Right, right. I mean, the Raptors is a Western Conference, Eastern Conference team is what you're saying. <laughs> right, yeah. Basically, yeah. yeah. So, But, I mean, there are matchup questions on both sides, and I think for the Warriors, looking at the Raptors, it's how do you slow down Kawhi Leonard, especially until Kevin Durant comes back? You don't. <laughs> Look, so, you know, the the obvious default setting, obviously, is Draymond Green going on Kawhi, which mm-hmm. can have some, some major benefits for OKC. But then you just throw, you know, a pick-and-roll situation into it, and you have someone switch on to Kawhi because that's what the Raptors are going to go for. And then whoever's on Kawhi will, yeah, Kawhi will eat his lunch. Right, yeah. I mean... I feel like Iggy's going to draw the matchup at first, but as you said, Dre will be... I think it'll be Iggy on Kawhi, Dre on Pascal Siakam. Um, yeah, but, no, uh, honestly, I think Iggy starts out on, on Kyle. Oh, really? I wouldn't be surprised. That would be a good move, right? Just basically full-core pressure on Kyle Lowry to initiate. Hmm. I and where like do you that. hide Steph? On Danny Green? Why not? And then you put Clay on Pascal? Why not? Six Get seven. Up a lot like of it, size. Yeah. Well, I mean, Pascal Siakam. When you, Tourette's a tremendous player. You know, I'll start a franchise with him. I'm so excited about him. But is he gonna punish you in the post? Ten times out of ten. Clay's a good defender. Like he's smart. Yeah, yeah, he's sneaky. Yeah. And and he, he's he's six seven as well. Like he's not. You know, there is a size advantage for Pascal, absolutely, but it's not as significant. I, right. I would get I would get behind that. Hmm. I mean, it's possible. I, we'll see. Like when we always talk about defensive matchups, we're going to see so many cross matches that it's not like Iggy is going to guard Kawhi on every possession or Draymond's right. going to guard Kawhi on every possession. Kawhi is going to see Dre, Iggy, Clay Thompson at times. Probably and, Steph know, here and there as well. Yeah, like Jordan Bell maybe, Kevon Looney. Oh. Knowing, knowing Steve Kerr, it'll be like Alfonso McKinney's going to get in some. It's going to be a whole kumbaya Kerr experience yeah. guarding Kawhi Leonard um, until KD returns, of course. But I do think, I mean, I just think Iggy's your best wing defender. You And you're not asking anything out of him on offense. You're just literally saying, I don't care if you score zero points, just mm. make Kawhi shoot under 50% from the field. That's all we need. I mean, I get that. But it's still a 35-year-old Andre Iguodala going up and in prime well, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, yeah. I, I get it. I get the logistics of it. I get the idea of it. But it's still Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> I mean, no, right. I, no I wonder how, Right. I wonder how big a dent Iggy can make here. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, Durant, in theory, when he comes back, would probably get that assignment. But yeah. Durant coming off of a calf injury who hasn't played in a couple weeks, is he going to be up to full speed right away? Like he has the length to really bother Kawhi, but Kawhi's really strong. He might be able mm-hmm. to back him down a little bit. And, you know, does he have his legs under him right away? I I don't know. We'll have we'll see in a couple of weeks, hopefully, or a couple of games. Right. 
And Kawhi doesn't force shots, which is also something right. we need to take into consideration here. Because sometimes when teams scheme defensively, they want certain guys to kind of chase uh, shots. Like, if you put a, hard, a tough-nosed defensive assignment on Kawhi, you know, you're not going to fluster him into a bad shot selection. Like, yeah. he's going to look, he's going to analyze, and he's going to go, oh, okay, right now Iggy's got the step on me. And here is Kyle coming off a you know some floppy action. I'll hit him right in his shooting pocket. Like there you go. Kawhi is not that type of player that you try to shut down from a scoring perspective in the same sense because he's mm-hmm. just a smarter basketball player. Yeah. So that needs Deep. to be taken into consideration. I mean, this is not Allen Iverson where you can take that approach or you could right. back then right. because you knew that whatever happens, like you would have to shoot the ball. Yeah. Do you think they send a lot of doubles at him, or do you just guard him one-on-one to oh, I th- No, I think they send a lot of doubles on him. I think they force yeah. Kyle Lowry to basically beat them. He just came off a really good series against Milwaukee, but yes. you know there is still that lingering effect that Kyle Lowry has not always answered you know, to the big playoff bell all that well. This is the first mm. time in the finals for him. So maybe there are some... I don't want to say insecurities because I don't think NBA players have insecurities, but I, I think there may be some butterflies, and yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if the experience level of Golden State really came into play here, as yeah. it, it, at least compared to Kyle Lowry specifically. Like Kawhi, I don't think there, does robots have butterflies. I don't think so. Well, I mean, he's also played and won an NBA Finals exactly. before. Like he's gone yeah. up against prime LeBron and straight up right. beat him. So. <laughs> Right, I don't think Kawhi is afraid of this moment at no, all. But no, no. I agree, butterflies could be an issue for Kyle and Marcus all in particular. Um, on the other end, you have the Warriors. And it, the same question is, much like how do you stop Kawhi if you're the Warriors, for the Raptors, especially until Durant comes back, how do you stop Steph and Clay? Because those are the main offensive options. Right. I mean, you don't stop Steph. Steph is no. one of those guys who just can't be stopped. I Clay, I feel, is... That's an assignment that can actually prove successful if you are really disciplined. Like mm-hmm. most of the time when Clay shoots, it's because someone leaves him. If you really yeah. notice, like he's not going to force his own offense. And if if he's much like Kawhi actually, in the sense of when he gets the ball, he's analyzing immediately. Like he's not going to take a bad shot just for the hell of it. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can stick close enough to Clay and not constantly have to rotate, where you really gamble a little bit with your defense and you go, hey, you know what, I'll, I'll rather stick to Clay and may have to give up a you know a consistent layup by Steph or Draymond or Iggy or whoever, then I think that's you know, the, the, the percentage play that you have to take. If you can get Clay down to like a 15, 16 point area and him really having to work for each and every one of those, I think you could look pretty good. Yeah, and you're... I assume Danny Green is probably going to draw that assignment to start. Danny Green's a great defender. He's got good size to match up with Clay well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Kawhi is probably going to be on him too. This is yeah. where not having Ochi and Anopi really yes. sucks for the Raptors, by the way. Yeah, yeah, especially when Durant returns. Yeah. Yeah, I'm wondering, do you think they start Kawhi on Steph right away, or do you think Kyle gets it to start and Kawhi just lurks as an off-ball defender? I mean, I, you know me, I love the idea of putting a taller, agile player on a point guard. I mean, yeah. how many times have I mentioned the 1998 Eastern Conference final, Finals between the Bulls and Pacers with Scotty guarding Mark Jackson? I yeah. love the idea, and I think Kawhi 
specifically is one of those great defenders that we're going to talk about 20 years from now. If mm-hmm. he can go on Steph and keep up with him, I mean, that could theoretically change the series. The thing is, though, you just have to set one big-ass screen for Steph, 35 foot feet from the basket. He'll come off that screen and he'll pop it. I mean, right, right. he's just such a ridiculously new generational player that you can't really sign... You know, you can't draw up a game plan against Steph where you go, oh, he likes to do this, he likes to do that. He, he can do everything. When he's inside the half-court line, basically that's game over. He can do whatever he, he wants. So I don't know if you want to throw uh, Kawhi into that situation where he might actually be forced to pick up some you know cheap fouls. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So it sounds like you're leaning Warriors in this series, but how many games do you think it goes? If let, let's assume KD doesn't return at all, okay. Then I think you go six and seven. Mm. If KD returns and he's not hobbled, and he, mm-hmm. you know he can, he can get his shot off, and like there's an offensive rhythm, and you know it's KD, so there, there usually is. Uh, then I think it could go like five. Mm. But I mean, he's if he's not going to play the first what couple of games. Yeah, I mean we have no idea. Right. There's, <laughs> and that's that's what makes it so hard again i said it earlier to hard to predict the series because we just mm-hmm. there's so much uncertainty with kd i believe at least working in their favor is game one is thursday and then i want to say game two is until sunday that's correct by the way can i can i just complain about the nba here for a second sure so I, I think the final schedule is absolutely ridiculous when you consider the global appeal there is to the game. You only have one game that is going into like a weekend. There is mm-hmm. one Friday game. Everything else is, you know, the, the day after you have to go to work here in Europe. Oh, and, yeah. and where I'm just thinking you're losing such a tremendous amount of people in that process because when people have to go to work, they're not going to sit at work for eight or nine hours not checking the score they're not going to watch the game and they you know they're going to be completely paranoid that someone is going to ruin the results so they're going to be like oh why bother and and then they're going to check the score and the result and then they're not going to watch the game the NBA should be smarter about this if they want to have the global appeal make sure that as many games as possible is on a friday or a saturday instead of having like the thursday sunday set up like that that does nothing for you because we have to go to work on friday and we have to go to work on monday Makes no sense. Do better, NBA. Do better. <laughs> I was always thrown off because it used to be just Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, and then they changed that a couple of years ago, and I didn't realize it at the time. And I went to go visit a friend. It was the 2016 finals, and I booked a flight like a month in advance and went to go visit a friend, and it coincided with Game Seven of that series. Which now, I, now I know. Now I know that the change <laughs> happened. Um, I, again, I don't know if I'm overthinking this one or if, you know, maybe Vegas has just outsmarted me. But because of the uncertainty, I'm leaning Raptors in seven. Um, I don't I, hate it. I just, I think the Raptors are such a good team defensively. I think their rotations have been so on point yeah. for much of these playoffs. I think it's the best defensive team the Warriors have faced in the playoffs. I think Kawhi <laughs> Leonard is yeah. just... And there are no words to just, He's on one of the best postseason runs of all time at this point. I think it's fair to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think they have the personnel to match up well with the Warriors. I think the Steph Dre pick and roll that has been so problematic for a lot of teams, you can put Kawhi on Pascal on those two guys. And I I think that's the best you can possibly hope for in terms of personnel. So I'm not saying it's going to be easy, and it wouldn't totally shock me if the Warriors won, but my gut instinct is leaning Raptors. I mean, I, I'm not necessarily against that. And here's something speaking in your favor as well. Danny Green is not going to finish the series shooting 18.8% from the field. <laughs> I would hope. Yeah. The yeah. thing, but, but again, though, here's the thing, big thing. The Raptors bench, while they've stepped up, at least against Milwaukee, Mm-hmm. They've still been pretty inconsistent yeah. throughout the playoffs. Yeah. So again, like like I like you and I spoke about the last time we recorded, like what bench is gonna show up? Yeah. That is insanely crucial. I mean, if is Fred Rand lead going to go, you know, one for seven in game one? Because that'll swing a game. Right. Yeah. And we'll see how Kumbaya occur we get in this series. In theory, this is one where you probably shorten your bench, especially because you have so much rest between games. Yeah. But if he doesn't, and I don't know, the rotations are going to be a big factor here because if they can get uh, if they can get a big game out of Van Vliet or they can get a big game out of Powell or Baca or Gasol's aggressive, I think Gasol needs to be really aggressive offensively yeah. in the series. Yeah. Um, that's going to change things. So I, I don't know. I, I have I have no feel for how the series is going to go, but I, I lean Raptors for now. I kind of like the, the Gasol point. So last series against Milwaukee, 29 of his 50 field goal attempts were threes. Mm-hmm. Like he's 7-1 to 65 to 70. There's no DeMarcus Cousins, presumably. Right. Like who's going to punish him inside? Draymond? Looney or Bogut in theory, but no, I agree. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't trust that matchup at all. Like you have yeah. to, and again, I'm not saying, hey, <laughs> you know, go old school and dump it down because if if Steph and Clay are hitting threes, it doesn't really work that you respond with only twos. But if you can draw fouls on your big man opponent, like you, just imagine how weak the Warriors are up front with, as yeah. you just mentioned, Looney and, and Andrew Bogut. So if aggressive Marcus Hall comes out early and just puts those two guys in foul trouble and has like 15 points at the half, like what do you do? Then you have you're forced to go small the mm-hmm. rest of the game, which means you know, that Gasol can actually benefit from that on the other end offensively. He's good enough defensively to move his feet, so I wouldn't really worry about that all that much. Like Marcus Hall is the key to the series. Yeah, I, I think the front court, in theory, at least until DeMarcus comes back, is definitely in favor of, of the Raptors. Yeah, because they have one. Yeah, right, exactly. Yep. Are you tired of not earning anything on your hard-earned money? Your path to more money starts with a certificate from Pathways Financial Credit Union. Right now, earn a 2.68% annual percentage yield on a 60-month certificate with a minimum balance of just $500. Great rates like this have helped make Pathways the fastest-growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years. Earn more on your money. Stop by any convenient location or check us out at PathwaysCU.com. Pathways is federally insured 
insured by the NCUA. At Pathways Financial Credit Union, we know things come up that might require extra family funds. You could use the equity in your home to help pay for almost anything, from home improvements to a family vacation. Our home equity line of credit has rates and payments much lower than a traditional loan or credit card. Find out why Pathways is the fastest growing credit union in Ohio over the last 10 years. Visit one of our convenient locations or check us out at pathwayscu.com. Offer of credit is subject to credit approval. Pathways is an equal opportunity lender and is federally insured by the NCUA. Um, okay, let's switch to the by Felicia that we did not expect to be giving this early in the playoffs. That is very much true, yeah. Um, so, I, the Bucks look, they had... This, I mean, this is one of the best seasons in franchise history. I don't want to, you know, the body is not even cold yet. I don't want to kick dirt on it. They, they should, they have nothing to be ashamed of. Like, no one. Oh, so you re- don't want to be Malika Andrews, <laughs> right? Exactly. No one realistically coming into the playoffs, or sorry, coming into the, the season, no one thought this team was going to be a sixty-win team, best in the East, make it to the Eastern Conference Finals type team. Right. It was like that was the ceiling. I mean, realistically, like you just didn't. Boston was the favorite to come out of the East coming into the season, and Toronto with Kawhi. Assuming you got the old Kawhi, which turns out they did, they looked more poised to win right now. The Bucks, in theory, have you know they have Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is probably going to be named MVP in a couple weeks. Yeah. He's only twenty-four years old. He doesn't turn twenty-five until December. He's already close to unstoppable Mm -hmm. he had some free throw issues in the raptors series which i'm pretty sure since last night he has not left the gym i'm pretty sure he's just taken (laughs) about six thousand free throws like i have every confidence in the world that he is going to come back next year and be you know hit a career high percentage from the line he is not a consistent long-range shooter yet but he he's willing to take them and he can hit them. It's not mm-hmm. a Ben Simmons where he won't even take them and he's never hit a three in his life. Like he he has hit them and he was hitting them on occasion throughout the playoffs. Yep. Um, you would like to see him be able to create his own shot a little bit more in a half court set. Like the the story of the Bucks Raptors series was in transition. The Bucks were dynamic and they I think they. I don't know what the numbers were head after last night, but it was something like they averaged 1.7 points per possession in, in transition, and it was like 0.83 in the half court. So if they couldn't get in transition, they just couldn't do anything against the Raptors' defense, and they need to figure out better counters to that. But I, I wouldn't be that ups- – I mean, I'd be like disappointed if I'm a Bucks fan because you, know, you thought you were going to the finals. I get it. Mm-hmm. But – Celebrate this team because they have some big issues coming up. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They have a lot of contract decisions to make. Um, what do you do with Malcolm Brockton? I mean, he gets offered like a max offer sheet. Mm-hmm. What about Nikola Mirotic, who didn't even play in game six, who's right. also a free agent? Right. How is that Eric Bledsoe extension going to look? Like, we all lauded it when it came out. Or yeah. you know, when it was released, and now people are like, uh-oh, which, <laughs> right. I'm not there yet. Right. I'm really not there yet. He had a bad series and a bad showing in the Converse Finals. I get it. But I'm not I'm not there yet, you know, saying it's bad. like. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of stuff that needs to be be fixed. I mean, I, Brooke Lopez 
is a free agent as well. Yeah. So this is where it gets tricky for them. And I wrote a piece at the Basketball Writers that went up today about this because they have about $71 million on their books for next season, assuming they pick up uh, the team options on Pat Connaughton and Sterling Brown. Then they also have a little bit of stretch salary. Spencer Hawes is $2 million, Larry Sanders one point nine. George Hill has $1 million uh, guaranteed of his $18 million salary. So you assume they're going to waive him. They could stretch that $1 million over three years, create about 667000 in cap space. Add all that together, give them three incomplete roster charges. They have $78.1 million on their books. Brooke Lopez is the, the key to their offseason because they only have non-bird rights on him. So they can't, the, the most they can offer at using the non-bird exception is about $4.05 million. Um, if they If he's not willing to take that, which I don't think he will be because he's rightfully earned a lot more money this year. Yeah. The only way they can retain him is have salary cap space, which they will not if Middleton or Brogdon resign. Mm-hmm. or use an, another exception. So the taxpayer exception, uh, mid-level exception, is at $5.7 million. If he's unwilling to take that, they can go up to the non-taxpayer, which is about nine point two five, but that hard caps them. So they cannot exceed the apron, which is about $138.2 million. So the TLDR version is they've got $78.1 million on the books. They can't go above one thirty-eight point two. So they, if they use the non-taxpayer mid-level on Brooke Lopez, they have $60.1 million to re-sign Middleton, Brogdon, Lopez, and fill out their entire bench, and they cannot go over that threshold. Right. That yeah. seems tricky. Yes. That is definitely one of those situations where you have to hope that someone is willing to go, oh, screw it, this was a great year, I'm buying into the hype, and I'm coming back for significantly less money. Yeah. But in today's league, how often does that happen? So, right. yeah. And, and frankly, the, just to clarify, I'm not blaming any player <laughs> for getting all that they're worth. Mm-hmm. Just to clarify, I mean... No, no. That's, that's completely fine. I mean... Yeah. Uh, if Brook Lopez leaves for for a bigger paycheck elsewhere, I know that there are going to be some Bucks fans, you know, who are going to be pretty snippy about it. Mm-hmm. But you know, you got to take care of yourself financially. Yeah. So yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Get that money, Brook Lopez. That's fine. Of course. Yeah. Of course. I mean, the, so the really the key to their off season is is Brook Lopez willing to take the taxpayer MLE? Because mm-hmm. if he is, then it just comes down to how much are the Bucks willing to spend in luxury tax? Or how much are the, are the owners willing to spend in luxury tax? Um, I believe they've either never paid the tax before or they've only paid it once before. Sec- <laughs> yeah, it, it would be the second time in franchise history. So they paid right. it once before. Yeah. Um, but this is a team worth paying the ma- the tax yeah. for. Yeah. Right. For sure. So it's, it's really, if they can get Brooke Lopez to take the taxpayer MLE... They have bird rights on Middleton, so they can re-sign him up to the max and exceed the cap, no problem. Brogdon's a restricted free agent, so they have the right to match any contract he receives. Mm-hmm. And Miritich, I believe they have bird rights on him too, but I would guess, given what happened in the playoffs and just 
the hierarchy of priorities, he is probably at the bottom of the list. I think if they have to sacrifice one guy, yeah. Nico is going to be that guy of the four big free agents they have. Yeah, I think Nico will find himself on Philly next year. Philly? Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> Philly Philly also has the same problem as to whether they can possibly have the non-taxpayer MLE or not. I know, but I don't think the market is going to be there for Nico necessarily. Oh, I think because he's been on this big stage and he kind of stunk it up, which I'm not yeah. saying, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that the contract he's going to get is necessarily going to reflect his value, mm-hmm. but I have a feeling that teams might be a little down on him. Oh, man. I hope so. I would love him yeah. with it. If yeah. you could get Nico on the taxpayer MLE. Yeah. Oh my no, God. I agree. I mean, that would be a, a huge win, but I wouldn't be surprised. Neither would I. I mean, I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised either. If someone came out and paid top dollar, but from yeah. from what I've heard from people I know who who are in contact with Nico's camp as well, it's it doesn't appear that the level of interest normally gauged prior to to free agency has been there. Interesting. I would expect. I would have thought like the Lakers or the Knicks or someone will overpay him wildly. Even the Mavericks, maybe. I mean, I. No idea. All I know yeah. is there hasn't really been, you know, as much word. And as we know, oh, of course, I know why, Brian. It's because no teams talk to free agents before <laughs> June 30th. Oh, right. Yeah. That's why right. he didn't hear anything. Yep. Silly me. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So <laughs> if you want to read more about the financial aspect of the Buck Summer, check out my article up at the Basketball Writers. And speaking of the Basketball Writers, Mort. Are you tired of clickbait, ads, pop-up videos, talking head hyperbole, big market bias, and data selling? Are you tired of soap operas, wild speculation, and unnamed sources? Are you tired of padding the stats of CEOs and shareholders while your favorite content creators get paid pennies for their work? At bballwriters.com, they are too. That's why they created the Basketball Writers. At bballwriters.com, they concentrate on just the game and everything they love about it. The NBA, WNBA, EuroLeague, Fantasy Basketball, The Draft, and many more corners of the Hoops universe they're soon to explore. All in one place on a blazingly fast, clean site that lets you choose which writer to directly support while still enjoying all the content from their whole team. Elevate the conversation, elevate the game. They'll see you at bballwriters.com, and don't forget to enter the code the NBA Pod for 10% off your annual, monthly, or daily subscription. That is the NBA Pod for 10% off. Mort, I know you have a full mock draft going up soon, right? Yeah, it's going to be split into two pieces. So the first nice. 15 uh, selections are going up Monday or Tuesday. And then later on in the week or maybe next week is, is the second part running. Give me Ty Jerome or give me death. I did not give you uh, Ty Jerome. And, no. and I did not give you uh, uh, Matisse Thibel either, actually. Carson Edwards? No. God, what the hell? I'm not I'm not reading it, but everyone else should. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know, spoiler, I can give you one. I can okay. give you who I gave you, okay? Yeah. Bruno Fernando. Oh, get, get out of here. Why? He's a good player. Yeah, no. Give give me, give me a, in the second round. Give me a shooter in the first round. Yeah, no, I'm giving you Bruno because Ugh. frankly, we don't really know the the front court depth with Philly, but that's a oh, that's yeah. a topic for a different direction. Don't you <laughs> yeah, dare yeah. draw me into another Philly discussion. <laughs> no, I I just I, I said I just want Ty Jerome. That's all mm-hmm. I want. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Malika Andrews more. Yes, I so did. So we need to talk about this because this is hanging over. You know, we just spent 
a lot of time on the Bucks' free agent decisions, and hanging over all of that is Giannis. Giannis has two years on his deal still. Because he made the All-NBA team, which we'll talk about shortly, he is now eligible to sign a five-year Supermax extension, which is just short of a quarter million dollars. It's projected to be $247.2 million. He's eligible to sign that next summer. Mm-hmm. Malika Andrews, like the second the buzzer hit zero yesterday, puts out a story where the story itself actually seemed like kind of a nothing burger after right. rereading it a couple times. But the tweet she sent promoting it basically made it sound like if the Bucks don't make the finals next year, we might have another Anthony Davis on our hands. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was just in poor taste. Sorry. I, yeah. I like Malika. Um, she was at the Chicago Tribune for a while where I read most of her stuff as well. She's done well at ESPN, but that was just like, that was the worst clickbaity type of situation I've seen in a long time. That mm-hmm. was That was not a great look. Yeah, it just because again, you read the story and it basically says like if they make the finals, then he'll be willing to sign the supermax. But it it doesn't say if they don't make the finals, he's out. It right. just says like he prioritizes winning and he really wants to win. Well, they won sixty games and they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals and they held a two zero lead in the series. Like right, they very much proved they can win. And guess who also wants to win? The Milwaukee Bucks front office coaching staff entire organization. (laughs) I am so tired of hearing this angle of, oh, I'm a player, I want to win, or 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 or, uh, you know authors saying, you know, there's this player wants to win. Everybody wants to win. Even teams that are rebuilding are rebuilding with the entire idea of eventually winning, winning big. That is the prerogative for every team in the damn league. Every player, every executive, every head coach, every assistant coach, every scout, everything. Video coordinators, ball boys, mascots, you name it. So I am sick and tired of hearing this idea that players wanting to win is somehow of a higher importance to what a team wants to win. The Bucks are invested in Giannis. They just went out. And got a new coach in Mike Budenholzer who tailored a system around him. And they were two wins away from the freaking NBA Finals. And you want to sit here and tell me that, oh, Giannis wants to win more than, than the team. And if he doesn't win, with the, you know, if he doesn't win then he's out of there. No, right. this is about aligning interests. This yeah. is entirely about that. And you know what? The interests between Giannis and the Bucks are aligned and have been throughout the whole damn year. They're going to do their best at retaining all the guys you just talked about five mm-hmm. minutes ago, and that is going to prove to Mr. Anadokounmpo, again, which and, and he knows this already, that they are serious about winning. So, I mean, this is just a ridiculous, ridiculous article coming out in, at an even ridiculous time, and it's just... It's moot and it's pointless because obviously the Bucks want to win. Right. They are invested in this with Giannis. They're together. They're, I mean, I, I Giannis is gonna most likely retire a buck for crying out loud. Yeah, I mean, I think the timing of this was not coincidental. It is definitely meant right. to put pressure on the Bucks front office and ownership to pony up and retain all of these guys. Now, I think if you are a competitor to the Bucks in the east 
mm. like a Brooklyn Nets, for instance, and you have a history of lobbing gigantic offer sheets at restricted free agents, like someone should throw a massive offer sheet at Malcolm Brogdon. Not just oh. because, not just to screw the Bucks over. Like he's he's very good. He was a fi- a fifty forty ninety guy. Like you should want him on your team, yes. but you should also make it really painful for the Bucks to retain him. Or if they don't match that offer sheet, how do you think Giannis is going to take that? Yep. And a team two hours away is probably going to throw major money at Malcolm Brockton. Chicago. Yep. They should. He'd be a yeah, great fit. they should. And 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 I think the the odds of that raise significantly when they drop to seven in the draft, mm-hmm. because now they're out of, you know, point guard range. If they right. don't get a Kobe White or a Darius Garland, and they mm-hmm. certainly won't get a John Moran, yep. now they have to figure out something else. And when you look at the unrestricted free agency market, like rookie Ricky Rubio, oh, yeah. does he really do anything for you? Not no. really. Patrick Beverly is nice, but he's not like a full time starting point guard. Yeah, and he, Malcolm he doesn't Brockton, align age-wise either. Right. Malcolm Brockton, he's a little bit older, but he fits. Yeah. Like yeah. You, He's on the same age bracket as, as Zach Levine and Otto Porter, and he's a 50-40-90 guy. It yeah. makes sense. It just makes sense. And I think for some team, if, if it's the Bulls or not, but I just think the Bulls are is, is like they're a candidate, mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. A team should throw major money at Malcolm Brockton. Yeah. I, I mean, I just think it's... It's like turnabout is fair play. Like, right. You need to make it painful for you. Need to like look at this Bucks team and say, all right, they just won sixty games this year. They have the power, depending on what Lopez, what happens with Lopez, like Miritich, whatever. They have the power to bring most of this core back. Let's make it hurt a little bit. Let's yeah. put let let's put their ownership to the test and see how much they're willing to spend. But like the owners also have to know if we aren't willing to pay the luxury tax and we cheap out because Malcolm Brogdon got a giant offer sheet somewhere. Like Lopez, they, they're only, they're limited to the non-taxpayer. Like they, if he signs a $20 million deal, like a one-year $20 million deal somewhere else, there's nothing they could do about that. But Brogdon, they could, they could, there's nothing preventing them from matching a max offer sheet aside from ownership's tolerance of the tax. So Right, it's, they're going to be a really, really interesting team uh, this off season because I think two weeks ago we'd all, we would have all assumed like they were going to make it to the finals, they're going to retain everyone, everything's hunky dory, and now all of a sudden you're like, uh oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the clock has really started ticking. Well, even so, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, when you look at it, I think the bus, Bucks are invested. The only way this could go wrong, if the box ownership take like a Tillman for Tita standpoint, right? Right, right. Oh, this man. is that like that is the only version where this goes wrong. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, most likely. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Lopez. I think that's that's really the key. But it wouldn't surprise me if he was willing to take a slight discount, do the full non-taxpayer, yeah. that have his early bird rights next season, so they could offer him a lot more money. Then, right, th- that'd be my guess of what happens. Yeah, and we'll see because I'm just reminded, you know, I, I mentioned before that Nico, I think he goes to Philly, but I'm also yeah. reminded of something you've said for an entire year right now. Teams will suddenly, out of nowhere, get desperate as soon as the big pieces fall. Oh, for sure. And they might look at a sweet shooting, you know, four man yeah. and overpay, in which yep. case, if the Bucks then lose Lopez and Nico, mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to hurt them. Yeah. Because then they wouldn't be able to replace Lopez's minutes with Nico, which you right. would 
to some extent assume they would, right? Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. They're in a tough spot. It's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. And since we're, we're on teams that are in a tough spot financially this summer, we're, let, let's talk about the all-NBA teams that came out this week. Mm-hmm. No huge surprises, I would say. We, we pretty much, when we predicted them a month ago, we pretty much got all of the players right and most of them slotted on the right teams. I think it's not necessarily a surprise because there were a couple guards who we thought were all right in range for the All-NBA third team. It seemed like it was going to be two of Russell Westbrook, Kemba Walker, Bradley Beal, maybe Klay Thompson. Westbrook got one, Walker got the other. And that sets up a really interesting dilemma for the Charlotte Hornets this summer. Because now Kemba is eligible for the Supermax, which is five years, roughly $221 million. They don't have to offer it, but... It's a now the gap between what they can offer, what every other team can offer. They can offer an extra year and about $80 million more. Mm-hmm. So in theory, that helps their ability to retain him because now it's just go get a quarter million dollars. Go secure that bag. But we talk about the Hornets cap sheet before. It's a disaster. It, mm-hmm. it cleans up a little bit after this next year. Biombo, Marvin Williams, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist all come off the books. But it's still not great if you're paying Kemba at that point $41 million in 2020. So what do you do if you're the Hornets, Mort? That is what they need to figure out. I actually wrote a piece on Forbes entitled The NBA Supermac Contracts versus the repeater tax penalties. Something's got to give, so you can go mm-hmm. check that out. Basically, when you have a smaller market team that is not inclined to attract free agents... It's a tremendous luxury and a curse at the same time that you have the ability to significantly spend more money on one of your established stars, the one you do have in fold, i.e. Kemba Walker here. Mm-hmm. But if you pay him up, like the two, two what was it, $221.3 million, yep. um, you're locked in. You are yep. completely and utterly locked in. Like even if... You go out and say, "Well, you know what? We'll we'll just we'll wait a year. Every everyone else will basically come off the cap, and then it's just Kemba." All right, fine. You'll be left with a thirty-year-old point guard who's earning at that point forty-one point two. Yeah, forty-one point two million, and you have a cap. I don't know what it's estimated for next year. It's it's one sixteen. Thank you. One sixteen. That's still a major major percentage of the cap. 
that just goes to one player, and you have to fill out that roster, and you have to make it competitive, competitive because otherwise, what's the point in retaining that first star? Right. So it's an evil circle of things that you need to get around to when you have this supermax, because yeah. it, it just prevents you financial flexibility. Yep. So yeah, you, you may hang on to a guy, but it prevents you from actually building a legit contender. Right. So what should they do? I'm not sure. There is an element of me that thinks it could be romantic for them to bring him back and for him to retire a Hornet and, you know, because he's already the greatest Hornet of all time mm-hmm. and just kind of build to that legacy and have him, you know, you know, wrap up a very nice 15 or so year career with the same organization, retire his jersey, yada, yada, yada. Like a Mitch Richmond career, if you catch yeah. my draft. Yeah. Like that's fine and well. But what, like, what does it do? What does it do for Kemba, like, in terms of his winning motivations? Right. What does it do for Charlotte moving forward in terms of being a winning organization? Nothing. I'm not sure. No, right. It, it, it locks them into mediocrity. Exactly. So, yeah. I, I don't know what the right angle here is. I mean, obviously, the most optimal situation would be Kemba going to, to him and saying... Hey, you know what? I don't need the Supermax. Right, I love you right. guys. I want to stay here for far <laughs> less money. But but like why would he? Why should he? Like go yeah. get that bag. Right. Yeah. I mean, you brought up so he would be owed 41.2 million next in 2020. But Toom has a player option that year for 27.1. Cody mm-hmm. Zeller is still on the books for 15.4 as well. So those two combined for 42.5. Kemp is at 41.2. Those three guys alone bring them within 30, $32.3 million of the $116 million cap. Right. You add Malik Monk, Miles Bridges, and the number 12 overall pick this year, mm-hmm. they're down to less than $20 million in cap space. Yeah. That's and they also have guys. to figure out what they do with Hernan Gomez. Right. And Jeremy Lamb. Yeah. Who's also a free agent this year, by the way. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're stuck. They're just totally stuck. It's it sucks, but like it, this. I mean, this is. I think this might be the most emblematic case yet of why the current supermax system. It was a good idea in theory, but it just hasn't worked out well in practice yet. Because mm-hmm. as you said, unless you have a strong supporting cast locked up in place for multiple years, you're basically screwed. Like, your two options are overpay this guy and lock us into a 45-win ceiling at best. I mean, you're bringing back the same team that won 39 games last year. You're going to add the number 12 pick. Woohoo! Maybe you win 45. But you're going to lose Jeremy Lamb most likely, so you're probably not going to. You know what the solution is? What? Remove all NBA 13. Yeah, so I like... So Tim Bontemps had a column uh, the other day about... Before the day these came out, he published it in the morning... It was like, the Supermax is working, just not as you think it is. Um, and he said some on the team side have pushed to make it MVP, DPOY, and just first a team All-NBA, which I think is a really interesting Wait, solution. really? He did? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I, I was so I just shooting crap at the wall here. That's nice. I don't know. Yeah, so, some people like on the team side of these things want it to only be first team NBA, which yeah. I, I agree. Makes sense. Like completely, you, you should not have to give Kemba Walker thirty five percent plus of your cap. He's just like he's a great player. I love him. I hope he makes 
$200 million this summer. Yep. Paying him that 221.3. Yeah. It's, it's franchise suicide. It sucks. It's just, but it is like, so I, I, that is one solution, but I don't know why the players agree to that in the next round of collective bargaining. Cause that's 10 guys giving up massive earning potential. And the other solution, right. the pot, I don't know how you could make this work, but making it such that, you know, the, the super max is basically a guy with seven to nine years of experience. He's limited to 30%, a starting salary of 30% of the cap. The super max pushes him into the next year, 35%, which is reserved for guys with 10 years of experience or more. Maybe you make it so the he gets the full 35, but only 30% counts against the cap. So it's like basically you just right. offered him a normal max, but he's not giving up anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. But he, here's an additional problem with that, Brian. So part of this idea with the Supermax, right, is that it's eligible when these players have gotten into their prime years. Right. Kemba's 29. Jimmy yeah. Butler, had he not been traded by the Bulls, would be looking at this as well at, yep. at age 29, almost 30. He's going to be 30 yep. this year. Yep. DeMarcus Cousins, as well, have, had he not gotten traded from the Sacramento Kings, he's going to be, uh, what is he? Is he going to be 29 as well? I think so. He's 28 right now, I think. Yeah. Something along those lines. Right, right. So basically, they're on the doorstep of 30, is what I'm right. saying. Yeah. Why lock them up to like, you know, five-year deals with that just escalates in value? Yeah. When you're only going to be close to your decline. Like, th- right. there's a fundamental problem there. Because yes. Kemba Walker, if he signs for $221.3 million over a five-year period at the age of 29... He is going to have an age 34, age 33 season that is going to be just wildly overpaid for right. for his production at least. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's you're completely right. We've seen it. I think uh, he would be at $50.4 million in the final season of that deal. Oh, I'm going to – then I have a number that's going to just completely blow your brains here. Okay. So let's assume that, and this is from Michael Laubman uh, from uh, from SB Nation, uh, mm. the the Utah Jazz branch of SB oh, Nation. Oh, I saw. Yes, yes, yes. What's that called? The Utah branch from SB Nation, the Salt Lake something, right? Oh, uh, yeah, Salt Lake Notes, Salt Lake Hoops, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Well, all right. So <laughs> if Rudy Gobert wants to bet on himself, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is ridiculous. Yeah. He could sign a five-year, $262 million Supermax in 2022. Mm-hmm. That would pay him, at the age of 33 in 2026, 2027, $60,827,586. $60.8 yeah. million. Rudy Gobert, yeah. age 33. And now, I mean, it's way too early for of course concrete projections of the salary cap that you know that far down the line. Like Real GM has it has some estimate. So like you said, 2026, 2027, their predicted cap that year is 155.4 million. So he'd be taking up give or take 40, a little less than 40 percent of their cap space. Right. Yeah, I, I think you nailed. The fundamental problem of having to pay 
guys as they exit their primes more money than ever before like we're seeing it with cp3 we're seeing it with john wall we're seeing it with russell westbrook there are only really like five guys in the entire league who i would feel comfortable giving that much of my cap space to so maybe it is just give it to the mvp in the first team and call it a day but i think you even take out dpy at that point because i wouldn't want to pay rudy gobert that much money or draymond green that much money Kawhi, if not for the quad injury he would be in there but like to me it's steph kd harden Giannis, lebron and lebron i wouldn't want to do a five-year but 35 percent that's fine that's i was just about to say lebron no no i I wouldn't do that not a five-year but like he can take up 35 percent of my cap happily that's fine but like yeah yeah, of course Jokic is right there i'd i'd probably bite the bullet and do it but of course because he's young so you do it now right yeah but like yeah i mean it's just there's no perfect answer to the problems here, but there are problems, and this Kemba situation really shines a bright light on it. Yeah. I well, think the I, other se- – oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I mean, I, basically, this has been a problem for years, right? Where you yeah. look at when when players have been overpaid, it's always been in their, in their final seasons. Right, right. Where you're getting paid mostly off legacy. And I yeah. think legacy contracts is actually a major issue. And you can argue that a Supermax is 50% legacy contract. Yeah. Because if you sign someone to a Supermax for five years when they're 30, like, you know, obviously it's not going to turn out well in the <laughs> last two or three years. So the team has to like make that connection and go, do we really want this? And I get that it's so difficult because if you say no, the player will feel disrespected and, right. and whatever. He might leave. And I get it. And then you had to reset. But, but yeah. I mean, that's why people, that's why teams are proactive and getting ahead of it and just going, hey, you know what? I don't want to pay this guy X amount of money. I don't want to completely hamstring myself. So I'm trading this guy. And that creates a yeah. lot of movement. But it's a game of hot potato. Because eventually someone will have to pay up. Someone will have to sit there with the hot potato and make a decision. Because, you know, you can't lose a star for nothing and just let him walk in free agency anymore. Because if that happens, your fan base is going to protest in front of your stadium. So I think the NBA, more so than anything, would need to sit together with the NBPA and figure out how can we do something in regards to contracts for older players where they can Mm -hmm. still get their money but they need to you know after a certain age maybe you decline the cap hit specifically like the players are still getting paid but the cap hit is just getting drastically declined like maybe if you pass age 33 or 35 Mm -hmm. you know you you might be paid 50 million but your cap hit is half that i mean we're seeing with chris paul in real time Right, he, Chris Paul's prime example. Like, right. what's his? Let me let me just look up. He was four years. I think one hundred and sixty million. Yeah, something along those lines. And I'm just looking up his his yeah his salary for this upcoming season here yeah. is going to be thirty eight and a half million, and yep. he's going to be what thirty five. Yeah, it's it's only going up from there. Right. So if you dock half of that, it'll be around nineteen point five million. That right. seems like a fair cap hit, right? Yeah, I agree. I like that solution, but the owners are going to come back and say, "Well, that means we're paying an extra twenty million in salary potentially." Well, then don't do it if you feel uncomfortable. It's your yeah. choice. I mean, yeah, I know. But I, just whatever 
tweaks they end up making, either the players or the owners are going to have to make some concession. Either the players are going to have to take less, which I don't think happens, or they they reduce the criteria who for the players who become eligible and they'll get a concession elsewhere. Or the yeah. owners will say, okay, well, we're paying this much more money. you got to give us something too. Yeah, yeah, of course. And 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 that has to happen during the summer and they have to figure yeah. something out and and yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know what we should do? We should find a cap expert, like a real, you know, a real cap expert and just get him on the pot and then just talk for an hour and 15 minutes about this. Yeah. I mean, it's cuz there's no easy solution here. No. It's it's really it's a crappy situation. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> all right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. And the other side of this is the guys who don't make an all-NBA team like Bradley Beal and Clay Thompson. Now, for Bradley Beal, the Wizards are probably celebrating right now that Bradley Beal did not make an all-NBA team, which is Oh, the Warriors are too. Yeah, again, and that's messed up. You should not root against your players making an all-NBA team, but because of the pressure that Supermax eligibility puts on them, I'm sure they are. Of course. Because the Wizards, if if Beal was eligible... Beal's in the same situation as Giannis, where he's got two more years on his deal. But whereas Giannis can look at his team and say, okay, we're, you know, we're, we're a good team. We just had a lot of playoff success. We bring back our core. Let's run it back. We'll be fine. We can rule the East. Beal's looking at his team, and he's like, John Wall's on our books for four years. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we still don't have a general manager. This team has just been mismanaged from the start. I don't get along with John Wall all that well from basically all accounts. There is no reason for hope here. So either if you gave me the Supermax, I would have to choose between winning and just getting the bag. But now, I, you know, I, I, if, if I was eligible for the Supermax, you'd be paying 80 plus million dollars to John Wall and I starting in 2021. <laughs> yeah, like you're, you're just dead in the water right away. So in some respect, this helps the Wizards, I would think because it might push them a little closer toward trading Beal this summer. There's no rush necessarily, but right. I just think they get the biggest return from him this summer. I'm going to stay on that camp until until it actually happens. Well, I'm but, at that camp as well, so, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. But you're, yeah. you're right about the Warriors, too, with Klay Thompson, because they're, I mean, if Kevin Durant surprises us all and the KD to the Knicks 100% lock rumors turn out not to be true... And he comes back with the Warriors, and Clay Thompson wants to come back with the Warriors. Their luxury tax bill is going to be exponential, like yep. hundred million plus dollars next year. I want to say. 
So again, the Warriors are probably happy that they're rooting against Clay Thompson in this regard because they they just saved. Assuming they can give they they sign Clay to the max, that's thirty million dollars less that he would have gotten if he got the super max. Right, but can we also talk for a second about you know the the Warriors specifically? They are earning a ton of money. Yeah, I mean they they are shoveling in money because of the <laughs> fan interest. Right, I mean. So at some point, you also have to acknowledge that those investments, I, you know, they're also going to pay dividends after those guys are retired. So yeah. let, let's say that, yeah, I mean, just again, look, the Bulls, they're still earning a ton of money off the Jordan years. That was mm-hmm. 21 years ago. Um, like this, this is a similar situation. If you pay the money now, and you're still shoveling in money because, you know, jersey sales, concession stands, you know, tickets and whatnot. Well, they're opening a new arena next year, too. New new arena. So everything is, like, just, you know, coming up millhouse for them. <laughs> yeah, right. And 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 think think about this. So when those guys are, are done with the game, you know, Curry, Clay, Draymond, KD, whatever, you can still have fan appreciation night with yeah. special attendees, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, whatever. And... You will live off of those those glory years for 20, 30 plus years where you mm-hmm. still get an additional bump in ticket sales because, hey, Steph Curry will appear at halftime. Clay Thompson will <laughs> have a mid-court shooting contest during the first, you know, during halftime of blah, blah, blah. Like, at the end of the day, for certain teams, it makes sense to pony up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if the Warriors... I mean, it was already egregious that the Rockets were so adamant about ducking the tax this year, and I think we've right. been rightfully critical of Tillman Fertitta for in that regard. If the Warriors tried to duck the tax next year, they deserve nothing but 31 seasons until the end of time. Yeah, like, it'll be bad. You have a dynasty on your hands. Regardless of what happens in this year's finals, you give Kevin Durant the backs, you give Clay Thompson the backs, and you don't think twice about it. Right. And then you try to at least negotiate a non-tax with Draymond. Yeah. But, yeah, right. Sure. I mean, Long like, yeah, you. ideally you could get those guys to take less money. You could be like, look at the Spurs. This is how they built a dynasty for, you know, 20-plus years. But if those guys want the bag, give them the bag. Yeah. Like, it, you, you only came together because of a once-in-a-lifetime salary cap spike. Like, without the spike in 2016, Kevin Durant is not on that team. And, it is you know, almost, the, the Curry weird extension right. because of the angles. Everything, yeah. it was the perfect storm. Yeah, and it's almost impossible to get four guys together on max contracts. Mm-hmm. Like, Philly may be trying that in the next year or two, and I've been critical of that because it's just really, really hard to build around a big three or a big four long term. The Warriors this summer are going to be the test case of whether they can keep it together for longer than three years. Or I mean, you can go back to even before Durant came. So it's been a nice, like, great, historic five-year run. You try to keep that going as long as you can, because if Durant leaves, it's not like you're going to have cap space to replace him. Right. But there's, so, there's, a, there's a difference here, though, because... KD is like a clear-cut super max or a clear-cut max guy. Like you yeah. just brought up Philly, and God oh. damn it, Brian, you got me back into Philly. But it's a rele- it's relevant to the to the point of conversation here. Right. When you really boil down, boil everything down here, 
is Tobias Harris a max player? Not is Jimmy Butler right? Does no. is Jimmy Butler a max player? You can make that argument more so than Tobias Harris, at yeah. least. Is Ben Simmons down the line a max player? You don't know yet because he's still just two years in, at least right. from a playing court, uh, playing uh, perspective. But like, but those guys are still gonna sit there and go, "I want the max," and mm-hmm. it, it you know it it boils down to the owners, yeah. and 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 the desperation for stars. Right. If owners just stop making the same mistake of giving max contracts to guys who aren't max players. Right. This problem goes away, but you can't, I mean, you can't safeguard that. And the owners yeah. are sitting there afterwards, you know, at the, at the CBA negotiations saying, well, should we have to pay this. Well, you shouldn't. You're not, you're not forced. No one is forcing you to overpay for guys. Right. And these owners are all the time telling the NBA, help us, help us save ourselves. Yeah. Like eventually, you know, that it falls back on the owners of making better decisions with their money and their budgets. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Well, I think it's a two-part problem. One is you're totally right. There are, I mean, I've been saying this for a long time. That yes, you have. The max is like such a status symbol, but way too many guys get it. Just Tobias Harris is not a max player. I love him. I hope he resigns in Philly. He is not a max player, but... If Philly doesn't offer it, some other a hole might. Like it only takes one a hole to screw everything up, and then if <laughs> high shot <Sean> marks, <laughs> right? I, well, <laughs> he's a smart a hole though. <laughs> yeah, right. But like you know, it only it only takes one, and then teams are. It's basically like a Mexican standoff where yeah. teams are like, "All right, you do it. No, you do it," and they're like daring each other. Like, all right, if you're not going to offer the max, then we will. That's fine. And then right. Tobias, Harris, or Tobias Harris' agent comes back and says, all right, they offered a four-year max. If you don't give us a five-year max, we're leaving. And you're not going to have the cap space to replace us and fill out your whole bench. Right. So I mean, it's completely accurate. Like, you have Otto Porter earning a max contract right now. Yeah. Thank you, Sean Marks. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's preposterous. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean... The, the summer of 2016 in particular really screwed things up because oh, yeah. like Chandler Parsons got a max, Harrison Barnes got a max. So that just, that turned it into not even like you need to be a top 20 or 25 player to get a max, which I think yeah, is yeah. already probably a little a little larger than I would like. Alan Crabb like, got 75 million. Yeah, yeah, right. It was just like, yeah, I, I mean, just anyone with a pulse got at least 50 million that summer except for Seth Curry, which remains the biggest mystery of that Mm -hmm. year but yeah i mean it's a huge problem of these guys in general are taking up too much cap space it's not the like that's fine give them as much money as they want but if they're going to count against the cap space like that then you run into issues and so yeah like is tobias harris a max player god no no that's why i hated the trade because you're committing to overpaying him yeah, and and the same story might be true with Jimmy Butler. You might have to yeah. max him out. And again, like I said, I think Jimmy might be closer to being a max player. But then the yeah. age factor comes in right. because he's going right. to be 30. So is he really a max player four years from now or three years right. from now? No, right. probably not. And you could argue like he is more immediately deserving of a max. But right. if you're looking over the scope of that five years, which deal is going to age better, especially with the Thibodeau miles on his knees? Yeah, yep. you probably got like two good years, and then it's a like Chris Paul situation. Right. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I mean, 
in general, like we don't, thankfully we do not have the votes for all NBA, but I, I did see a lot of writers after the awards or after the, the nods came out, basically clamoring for the NBA to change something. Cause it, they're like, it just feels gross for us to be determining like Carl Anthony Towns, because he did not make all NBA lost $32 million. That yep. sucks. It yep. just it, like feels gross. Just make it based on, I don't know, their, their performance on the court instead of like media members, some of whom gave Dwayne Wade a second team all NBA vote. Right. Right. I mean, if the writers are not going to take it seriously and it has huge financial ramifications, that's a problem. So but I don't know, like, yeah. it, you know, I, I saw the NBPA come out and they're like, oh, the players need a voice. And it's like, all right. Yeah, we, that's not, that's not bad. Right. No, we've seen how seriously the players take some of their yeah, That's a voting. lot worse. Yeah. Right. So I don't know what the right solution is. Maybe just like narrow the field of writers who are willing to do it. Or yeah, yep. Yeah. Give it, give all the responsibility to one man who's willing to live with all the shame. <laughs> right. Me. <laughs> Matt Moore. Oh yeah, he. Yeah, nope. I'm. He, I'm. Yep. I'm. He puts, I'm. He puts thought into it. I'm not like. He does. Crappy. I mean, I genuinely think he would be a a much better arbiter than the guy yeah. who gave Dwayne Wade a second team All NBA vote, or who gave Kyrie Irving a second team All Defensive. Like, and he would live with it too. If, yeah. if that cost someone like thirty million dollars, yeah. and and they oh, would they, they would tweet at Matt, Matt would be like, <laughs> "Hey, you know what?" And then he'll go on a Twitter rampage telling yeah. exactly why. I, I like that. Let's yeah. just make Matt Moore entirely solely responsible for all NBA teams. I think we should tweet that at him. Absolutely. I, yeah. I think he would so quickly if it ever came to pass, he would first come to me because I'm closer to Colorado than. Denmark is and murdered me and my whole family and then you would be next <laughs> so if we want John Wick 4 to be starring us just watching us get murdered then we should tweet that at him but but can can Matt Moore throw axes I don't know well I That's guess we'll find question. out it seems yep. like a Colorado thing I don't know <laughs> alright that's probably a good place to wrap up so thank you everyone for listening in today Please send us questions. We're hoping to do a mailbag uh, before the finals start. So send it to us on Twitter, either to our the pod uh, Twitter account at the NBA Pod or either one of our Twitter handles. You can find those in the bio of our. You can pod also Twitter DM account. the NBA account. Yep, do all of that. Hit us with questions about free agency, the finals, the draft, John Wick, anything you want. We will hit all of them. It'll be good, good fun, good nonsense. In the meantime, Especially John Wick. Yeah. Uh, do follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. And we're now being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Brian Toporek, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. By the way, I'll, I'll just have to give you, uh, a, you know, a, a quick recommendation. You have okay. to watch Doom Patrol from oh. dc it's it's fantastic it has it, i can't even explain this in proper context okay but but it it has <laughs> farting donkeys that acts as portals to different um yeah to, to different not dimensions but you know dream dimensions it's very weird huh. but it's it's bloody excellent okay that's good to know. Yeah. I'm, I'm catching up on the good place now which was long overdue yeah
And 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 thrones are done, man. I know. So what weird. a shame. What a shame. Yeah. Yep. All right, we'll have to figure out something else to to do with our Sunday nights. But Indeed. in the meantime, you know, let's talk next week and take care, man. Yeah, you too. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.